Good morning, ladies and gents, nerds, and geeks. Welcome back to episode four of Nerdites. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Welcome. We're here. We're back. It's all fun. Yay! <laughs> yeah. So, we don't really have... Unless, Carl, you have anything, I really don't think we have any special announcements or anything, any, like, special features. Nope. The geek rolls on. All right, so let's just get straight into what the subject of today's episode is going to be. Which, Carl, I've got to admit something here. Aww. I changed it slightly. <gasps> we are still doing session zero information. Okay. But I realized when making the questions for this that that was going to be really, 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 like maybe only like a five minute episode mm. because there just wasn't a ton. So I decided let's talk a little bit about the start of the adventure, like yeah. what, like the start of a campaign. So this episode is going to be called "In the Beginning." <laughs> First off, what we want to we're going to talk about a little bit about what a, is a session zero. And Carl, if you can give us a quick explanation in your words, what is a session zero? What is that? Yeah. So there's so many different flavors of D and D. You can play Game of Thrones style, like political intrigue and stabbing. You can play Lord of the Rings epic quest stuff. Session Zero is basically, hey guys, before we start this campaign, let's get together and decide what kind of a campaign it's going to be. Everyone gets on the same page, and the game rolls a lot smoother because of it. What kind of things do you see in any of your own Session Zeros? Like, if you're doing a Session Zero, what are things that you do or that you see in games um, in, in any other campaigns that you've been a part of, what are they? What do those session zeros look like? Like, what is all encapsulated in that? So it's it's give and take from the DM and the players, um, because you know D and D is always going to be about people throwing in ideas that you hadn't thought of. That's what makes it great as a medium. But uh, for me, I I've seen it most successful a session zero when you start from a place that everyone knows. Uh, the point of Session Zero <laughs> is to build a mental model, and throwing words around like political intrigue is not is usually not as effective as just saying this is going to be Game of Thrones, but light and fluffy with like Avatar: The Last Airbender mixed in. <laughs> that almost sounds like a contradiction in terms: Game of Thrones and Avatar: The Last Airbender. <laughs> yeah. So you have a, an adventuring crew who is super naive, and they're traveling this terrible. Uh, blood-soaked world trying to make everything better. There you go. There you go. How can session zeros be helpful for a campaign in the long run? Like, what's the point? Why do people do them? And what is their value to D&D campaigns overall? It it just helps to get off on the right foot. Um, I had a, a friend of mine who played in a campaign that was Norse-based. So everyone was Viking-themed in some way, a shaman, a barbarian. And then there was just this one guy who worshipped Cthulhu. Ah. Uh, uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, that, that one guy. The and random I, Cthulhu. <laughs> yeah. And it actually caused a lot of problems because the guy was role-playing his character as a follower of Chaos and completely on board with sacrificing party members. I feel like if they had done a better job of starting at the beginning and saying, hey... In this campaign, we're all going to be working together against the rest of the world. They wouldn't have had that problem. 
<laughs> we're going to be fighting against C- Cthulhu. It, it, it's kind of not a good idea to have one of you that follows Cthulhu. <laughs> uh-huh, exactly. Because, yeah, um, <laughs> your, your character's premise is incredibly important, and once you get rolling, even like two or three sessions in, it's kind of hard to change the bulk of his premise. You can do minor tweaks, yeah, but a complete 180? <laughs> Difficult. Yeah, that 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 definitely is important, um, and I've definitely had experiences with that where the party dynamic became like like the, you had the party, but everyone's goals were way too separate. Uh-huh. So yeah, that that really can create some problems and some barriers you have to get over that may be impossible to get over without someone changing their character completely. Yeah, yeah, not good. <laughs> so. Usually as a part of uh, session zero, that's when either the character creation happens or when people at least introduce their characters to the rest of the party. Mm-hmm. How much when you're DMing, how much do you allow the players to create their characters together? Or do you kind of do the more typical everyone just creates their characters, brings it to the table, and then we like we discuss the kind of party, the kind of campaign we're doing you know, just what does that the character creation process look like for you as a part of session zero or directly after session zero? Hmm. Yeah, uh, for me, I'm harking back to a couple episodes ago. I'm very much bottom up. So in as much as possible as a DM, I try to just say, hey, guys, do whatever. And then we'll we'll take these pieces that you're creating and move them forward. I try to encourage people to work together. I just feel like a D&D party works better if the characters have already established relationships, if the, the captain of the guard has um, you know, been hired by the wizard in the past, and so they already know and respect each other. Um, I feel like way too many D&D parties just kind of meet in a tavern and travel together because plot demands it, which makes it difficult to roleplay in my opinion. That's actually, it's really interesting that you bring up the whole meeting up in a tavern thing, because that actually leads right into one of my questions. I was going to save it for later, but it works too well right here. How do you combat that cliche? I mean, that is the most used cliche of all time when it comes to D&D starting points. How do you combat that? What do you do? What are your tactics? Even if you do start in a tavern, how do you make it fresh? Like, What do you do to, to combat that cliche, that starting cliche? Yeah. Um, so in my, even before I have session zero, as I'm brainstorming the campaign in my head as, as a DM, I like to take into account, uh, the skill levels of my players. If I'm playing with an entirely noob crew, I'm going to give them more guidelines than, than I would otherwise. I might do something like, we are all a rep, a cell of the rebellion in this city. Like, whatever your character is, bard barbarian you're in this organization trying to take down uh, the established government and there is no way around it you cannot be anything else that's the party's goal for this campaign um but if if they're more experienced then i'll I'll let them go willy-nilly on where the character comes from (laughs) okay okay that's good and that's actually something that i've kind of did this this last campaign that i just started myself i actually took a different route for it where the session zero, I basically turned to the party. I'm like, hey, so what do you guys want to do? What kind of campaign are you looking for? This is the world. This is the setup. What are you guys wanting to do? How are you going to, like, what is the goal 
of your party. And then they decided it's like, well, we kind of want to be the traveling wanderers. We don't like they're this, this world is that they're currently in the, the country just had a big rebellion and the government's mm-hmm. changed. And it's basically like a post French uh, revolution kind of era, but oh, without the, gu- but without the guillotine, good. <laughs> at least at least not as much of the guillotine (laughs) but and the party was like well there that a lot of this chaos and a lot of this change is going to mean that people need help so they decided hey we'll be the wandering basically like the seven samurai you know kind of kind of esque feel that they'll be the ones who just kind of travel and help where they can some of them for reason for altruistic reasons some of them because they just kind of want the gold and the fun. But it's still that's at least even though they have these different character dynamics, which makes the party interesting, they also have this set goal in mind that they're going to travel and help people or at least solve problems, kind of like the companions in Skyrim. That's great. That's awesome. It, it's been a fun change. And already I've noticed some differences between this and my other campaigns because I mean, like, the pirate campaign that was so easy. There was no, there was no kind of introductions needed. It was a pirate campaign. You guys are pirates. You go be pirates. Yep. <laughs> but like with other campaigns I've done, it's been harder to get that unity to get the party together. So yeah. by doing that, as you're talking about using giving the players those guidelines in the beginning, especially for a newer group with people that aren't as experienced of D and D players. And I've got a, I've got a, I've got a couple of them in my party that are that way, right now. So it really does help immediately set that, you know, set the dynamics for the party and just makes it a little easier to get into. Yeah, yeah. So one of the biggest issues also with starting a campaign is not only the cliche, but is getting your players hooked in quickly, Definitely. getting them interested in what's going on. How do you do? What is your advice to those people that are starting writing a campaign and are trying to figure out how to do that and get them to work together? The biggest pitfall that I've seen is um, DMs being a little too bottom up and just kind of saying, you guys exist, you're a party, and stuff happens. There's an old lady who, whose, whose house has been attacked by ravenous rats you should probably go help her and those are the kinds of of beginning plot hooks that that the party gets it it doesn't there isn't something dire there isn't there isn't a sore on there isn't a one ring you're just kind of doing like i hate to say it but mmorpg attacking animals and uh leveling up go kill 10 rats (laughs) yeah ah for real uh so yeah getting some kind of event or something that can't be ignored or at least shouldn't be ignored we like stories where there's stakes you know demons are breaking through um someone's trying to take over the kingdom the princess has been kidnapped etc um so even though you give your characters creative freedom and and where they come from and what their motivations are you are the dm your your job is to roleplay the world and the villains and to set up conflict uh, outside of what the the characters do and giving some kind of external event is usually your job. Oh, there you go. There you go. What's your favorite way that a campaign's ever started? Either one that you've played in or one that you've done yourself as a DM or both, whatever you want to talk about. But what's your favorite way that games have started? Okay, like the, the sheer most beautiful 
start ever. Um, I'm not buttering you up, Alec. Is oh gosh, is the start of the, <laughs> the, start of the, the Pirates of the D and D campaign? Because let me explain. <laughs> okay, okay. He started out with a a narration that he'd already created um, about the 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 quest item that we were going after, the Mola Terran Star, the legend surrounded and had contradicting uh, reports of what it could do, but that we were on a quest to go find. Um, and he also had Pirates of the Caribbean music in the background, um, which was beautiful. But it set up the sense of drama really, really oh, well. Oh, yeah, I forgot I used that, <laughs> that music bit. <laughs> yes, he, he even timed it so that in one point of the, uh, the narration, the music swelled at exactly the right moment. You don't have to do that in your opening session. But what it did really well was ground the party in saying, we're getting the Pirates of the Caribbean feel, and no matter what else happens in us being pirates and rampaging around this world, we're going after this star. This is the thing that we're questing for. Uh, oh, man, that was such a fun opener. Yes. I, I, I have yet to be able to replicate the, the sheer feeling of that. Like, I kind of did an okay one, uh, you know, some okay starters for the other sequential pirate campaigns, but I, I don't think I'll ever beat. That was so much fun to, to write, and that was so much fun to, to do. So much fun to play in. Oh. <laughs> I think I, I think I like legitimately am just a pirate DM. I think that's just my calling or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll buy that. A nice big one. <laughs> so, um... What like what else? Like what are some other starters? Maybe not the best ones, uh-huh. but what are some other starters or some theory? Even if you've never actually done them, but just theoretically you've thought of, what are some other things that you think would help uh, starting DMs out? Yeah. Um, so piggybacking off of uh, the the premise that that you made, I had a very similar one just a, a couple of weeks ago. We were doing one shot, so we needed it to be short, dirty, and simple. And I literally just sat around for like 30 minutes with the players. It was all Christmas break, so that was easy. And said, hey, what, what kind of a thing do we want to do? And we tossed around a, a couple of different ideas, but the one that people seemed most excited about was a heist. So I set to work, found a map, uh-huh. um, built the, the keep that they would be invading, um, as well as some other details like you need to uh, replace the prince before his coronation with an imposter. For uh, various sketchy reasons, um, <laughs> for D and D reasons, mm-hmm. and yeah, it, it worked out really, really well. Mm, cool, that is a cool one. Ah, uh, so as a part of all of this, you know, this this intro stuff and starting off a campaign, you know, and uh, making getting the players hooked onto something. There's also the idea of actually getting the party to stick together, like giving them a viable mm. reason to stick together. Because like in, in the past, D&D has been, you know, like, oh, you guys are just an adventuring party. You go and do this. You go and get this loot and stuff like that. It wasn't as focused on story and narrative and character. It, it still had those aspects. But I think that with this new D&D renaissance, there's been a lot more focus on the the role play the character-driven motives, the story itself. How do you help the characters become a party? How do you help them stick together? Ooh, that is a big question. Um, a tale of woe. 
that I, I have from a friend's campaign <laughs> is uh, they call the group Trauma Fail. And um, that's for good reason. Literally every single character in in their party has heartbreaking backstory that, that renders them emotionally unstable at least once every other session. And so their their party is very, very fractured. You have a couple characters who are willing to lend emotional support, and then everyone else is going haywire, um, lighting things on fire, essentially. One, the, the character dynamics... Um, Everyone makes a character and they get attached to that character and they want to play that character very, very honestly. And that is wonderful. That's part of what makes D&D beautiful. But you also have to recognize that these are all characters coming together and more or less attempting to accomplish something. There's, there may be moments where your character needs to chill the angst so that things actually work <laughs> together. Uh, that's not saying that your character shouldn't have problems, but it can be too much. Definitely make sure that the that the player's problems, that the, the player character's problems don't curb the entire party away from everything else that's happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it works best when your character's problems are tied to the overall goal of the, the campaign. So if you're trying to rescue the princess, well, maybe your problem is that you're... A bodyguard for the princess you feel like you failed in letting her be captured in the first place and you're attempting to prove yourself so you can have a lot of angst in that you can run headlong into battle and cause a lot of trouble and, and be dramatic but it's still helping propel things forward well i think that that was a pretty in-depth and nice look at the ways to start off a campaign so I think that that will be the end of the questions for this time, my friend. Oh, but it was too much fun. <laughs> we'll have to catch you guys However, next time. However, I do... Oh, what? Oh, I was just going to be like, catch you guys next time. All right. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> so, um, again, any of those of you, um, just to put a little bit of a plug there. Thank you guys. Well, first off, thank you guys for listening to this episode of Nerdites. We do have a Facebook page up. Uh, just the Nerdites podcast on Facebook. You can just, you know, search it and, and follow us. That's where we'll be posting episodes. That's also where we're going to be posting some questions in the future. If you guys have any comments or questions for us or any subjects you might want to cover us to cover in future episodes, let us know. Uh, let us know there on that Facebook page or these episodes go up on SoundCloud. You can comment on that as well. Just let us know what your thoughts and feelings are. And kind of what you want to see in the future. We want to do things for you guys and what you want to hear. Definitely. Also, uh, Alec got us up on Apple Podcasts. Indeed. Yes, that is actually – thank you for reminding me. Yes, we are now uh, published on Apple Podcasts. For some Hello. reason, episode one isn't on there. I have what? yet to figure out why episode one isn't showing up. But so it's two and three are up there. This episode should immediately be updated once it goes uh once it goes live on the SoundCloud. The it should go live also subs uh um sequentially up on Apple Podcasts as well. So come check us out. We're not charging anything for the episodes. We're just kind of doing this for fun. So give us a listen, give us a shout out, let us know what you think. And we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Thank you.